Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rosavi, and that's on Rue. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, first, I want to send there's like so much happening. So I want to, I mean, first, just thank you for the birthday wishes. 55 is great. Um, yeah, loving it. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then also sending a greetings out to all like all the traditions, right? These Abrahamic traditions are all like doing a thing right now. So Hag Pesach Sameach to folks celebrating Passover, um, Ramadan Mubarak for those celebrating Ramadan. These, I guess it's the official end of Lent today and happy Easter coming up. So um, greetings to all, all those folks celebrating there. Spring continues to unfold and, and whatever else, you know, folks really hold um, dear and connects you or really us to the sacred, right? And our relationship with the divine. So I just wanna, it seems like a very kind of primed time to um, just greet folks and honor as, as folks are navigating what that relationship is, right? What their accountability is to the sacred and to the divine in their lives. So um, just sending your greetings to, to everyone, however it's unfolding. Right? Indeed. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So, and then from there, we'll go, we'll honor our ancestors and then we'll keep rolling along. <laughs> all right let's get into it so again this is to we are honoring and thanking our ancestors for the ashe that they have left for us and we are using that ashe right? we are picking it up and we're using it in our lives that's the chant Ibaye <laughs> Ibai gungun tofu washeo. Ibai gungun tofu washe. Ashe tefu an lan loyo. Ibai gungun tofu washe. Ibai gungun tofu washe. Ibai gungun tofu washe. Right. How are you today, Babs? You know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm in a good space these days. 
you know, I'm not without challenges like anybody else, but right. you know, nothing is nothing is uh crippling me or mm. breaking my spirit. Mm. So good. You know. <laughs> good. Well, that could change, but right now we good. <laughs> you know, this is this is where we are right now. Yes, this is where we are right now. But the next moment, tomorrow, what like here we are. And being with that is like being really here now in this present is challenging enough. Um, and so to like recognize um, the 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 stable enough, right? The good enough, the present enough um, is important. So I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was thinking about this. Um, right, this time, which I think, I mean, for me, it's kind of ongoing, but like, what is, you know, our relationships and my relationship with the divine? And what is also asked of me in that part of that relationship? And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I feel that like my kind of work or the direction to keep moving in is to like try to be a real person right to, and that enough right to kind of undo all these messages of not good enough or you know dehumanizing things um is a challenge right and to not fall into um kind of popular notions about what that means so concretely the thing that comes to my mind um actually it's about uh, like notions of masculinity. Um, mm. And, you know, I come, there was a real, I remember my dad saying to me once, um, you know, kind of the, the men, the half Kenny men um, would, the thing that would kind of shift them into any kind of like aggression or violence or anything was really about protection. Like that's what kind of got people like, you know, I will do what would like, that question of well, what will I do to protect like those closest to me? And, you know, the narrative in this culture, particularly for men, centers around that. Like our job is this like provider protector piece. And um, throughout my life, I've really been struggling with that and questioning it and undoing it um, because there's a lot of um, dysfunction that's in that and I'll, I'll actually really narrow space about what it means to be like be a man or what it means to be male or what it means like what does masculinity mean and even as I looked at my own family you know that line that my dad gave me was not <laughs> totally true right and you know this so my grandfather um so the kind of ways I learned about things, I learned at a young age that my grandfather was a boxer. He got a golden gloves. Um, right? And I was like, oh, I'm, I used to watch boxing with my dad growing up. Um, it's not something I watch now because, you know, watching usually two black men hit each other is not kind of my favorite form of entertainment, even though I understand the skill and kind of what's in that, right? Um, but I began to learn more about my grandfather's story. So he actually learned how to fight primarily to 
protect his mom and his siblings. He was the oldest of five from his dad, like from the ways that his dad would would lash out um, and abuse his mom, abuse my uh, great grandmother and the kids, his siblings. And that was really the learning. So both kind of as like a formal boxer and then also the kind of underground street fighting scene to make more money, right? To make money to help support the family um, and to provide. My, so my grandfather then, um, and this is, you know, there's all kinds of other layers around, you know, so what is systematic oppression and racism, white supremacy do to people? What is, what are our coping skills? So he also struggled with, um, as many folks did, um, with alcohol abuse. Um, but he made some decisions that however he, the, the, however the pain transformed into aggression or violence or lashing out, he wouldn't do that to his kind of immediate family. So my dad told me a story of, um, you know, my, his parents, my grandparents got into an argument and my grandfather just like, you know, was like getting really angry and walked out, right? So that nothing would happen. And my dad followed him. And I think my dad, you know, was probably around eight or so. And my grandfather like went out for a while and pretty much walked into, this is in Boston, walked into an area um, where he knew there would be trouble and came across a group of you know, like somewhere between five and seven guys and got into a fight and leveled them. And my dad had followed him and was kind of watching this unfold. Right? And so you can imagine that impact of that also. And when my when that was done, my grandfather turned around to go back home and saw my dad and was kind of taken aback and then just like grabbed my dad's hand and they walked back home and nothing was ever said about it. And so like that's, a, a you know, there's this like better than right being violent towards this family, but but still this these acts kind of unfolding. Um, my dad, um, you know, to his credit, kind of never... I mean, when he was younger, um, I think, you know, got into fights and there was stuff around alcohol addiction, which certainly fed into that, right? I can't work on feelings. And so they kind of come out in these, in these other ways. Um, and then got sober when I was probably about 10. Um, and, you know, he, it's interesting. His mode was so kind of doing stuff outside in the world, being involved in justice work, you know, confronting other people being violent towards black communities as well as the police um and so there's certainly a lot of violence that he was um, participating in um but nothing ever, ever aimed at us you know he had the look right he had the like oh you're out of line and like we would get like the look and you know that was as a young person was scary and i certainly like stopped whatever i was doing and just did what i was told and then being a parent myself I remember I kind of thought like, well, the look is like, that's a good tool to have. And I remember my youngest, um, so I, this wasn't said to me, this was said to my wife. And then my wife told me this is that my youngest said to me, and they were probably about, they were less than, I mean, they were probably like between five and seven, said to my wife, like, oh, it's, I get really scared when Papa does that. And it like hit me in this completely different way than I had 
thought, right? I kind of thought like, well, you know, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to like really like shake or terrorize you or anything, but like, oh, the look is kind of that's all right. And then when they said that, I was like, oh, that's still in the spectrum of using violence and aggression to get my way. Right. Like, mm. I don't like what they're doing. I want them to just do what I'm saying. I'm frustrated. I don't have the capacity to like navigate, negotiate something. So like, boom, I use that and that'll work. And then realizing, oh, that's still using power. Right. This this threat of something happening, which is really what the look is. Right. It's like I could destroy you. I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna let you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a conversation with them and I said I wasn't going to do that anymore. Um, because I didn't want that to be the way that our relationship was. And so I then said, well, if I'm not using that, we need to come up with some other ways when you're not doing something or your end of things so that we work together on this. Although I like a good um, look though, I must say. Well, <laughs> I know, I get it. No, 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 I love I the way it. that you explained it. I, I love that, but. I get it, I get it. And this is this is like a part of what we're taught, right? That like, and this is a part of this the, the society we're in is that there's still this assertion of like power over someone like I have power over you. So I'm going to give you this look and you know, and cause there's, and they're, they're the only reason a look is, is effective is because there's a threat behind it. Yes. <laughs> Unsaid, it is vague and amorphous, but it is there, right? It's the, like, you don't I, know what's going to happen, but you know, something's going to happen. Right, and I will use it. And this is the line. Right. And so I just made, I made this decision. Cause like, I don't use that to other folks. That's right? and you know, yes, yes. Right? Like you don't so, do it to your boss if you had a boss, right? Like or, or like, you know, I don't like something that a friend is doing, right? I'm not using that in leverage in the same way. And even people who are um, you know, I'm like supervising or whatever, you know, there are other kind of ways to do it. It's like I there are other tools, right? I don't have to prove that. But there's something in the in the family, right? And so I said, so why it is crazy that I would use a tool that's a threat of violence to someone who is closer to me than some other person, right? Yeah. So I just started really kind of this like thinking and undoing these kind of processes. So that's kind of this one aspect around like, not just maleness, but like there's a, the threat of violence and aggression and like how that's used by men um, is just super prevalent. And then also realizing that like in some of these like, prayerful spaces and these like quiet listenings that I do, like I would have these images of like something happening and me needing to like protect my family and realizing that like, there's such this confusion of like the, the value or the love, what will I do for that? Right. Will I hurt someone, which I would like not voluntarily do. Right. To what extent would I do that if, if I was threatened and like, those are actually not things that are occurring around me, right? But like, there's such a deeply entrenched notion of a demonstration of love, a demonstration of my value is my, in my capacity to wield this kind of power and violence and aggression on someone else, to like make them do something or to protect a thing. Um, and it's just crazy. And in, in this place of, in, so as it, this kind of arises, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm just noticing like, oh, here's this thing around, like there's something about protection that's here. And it's much harder to allow myself to feel 
tender and vulnerable in my heart, mm. that there are actually things that are outside of my control, that, um, yes, I may be able to protect if that arises, and I may not be. And my value and my love for them is not contingent on that. Um, and it's just this like reflection that I've been sitting with recently and all the ways that like these messages of what it means to be a man and a protector or in a certain role in a relationship and with family, that that's the demonstration of, of love. That's the demonstration of my value and a role that I'm in. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it feeds into this other piece around like, you know, I'll tear down these systems, I'll fight these systems. And there's less, um, with that, as we're trying to be free, there's less um, attention paid to what does freedom even mean? Like, what does love really mean? Can I feel into it? Versus, oh, I'll transform the like, feeling hurt and vulnerable into anger and aggression, because then I can do something. Well, what does it mean to actually be in this place of, of relationship that's centering love, that's centering love for myself, love for the people I care about. And then as we look into like the divine, like receiving that love and giving it, like being being with kind of love and tenderness as, you know, we're really vulnerable in the world. Like we're not gonna be here, right? I say this a lot in this, as we talk, like, you know, our lives are finite. Um, and just like as the spring is coming, these like tender shoots are up, which can you like, you look at them too hard and they fall over and like, oh, now like it's not really going to fully grow into a thing. Um, you know, life is precious and, you know, tender, um, complicated, strong, resilient, all the things. Yet there's so much of an emphasis on the like, I'm going to push through, I'll numb out, I'll compartmentalize this out to protect, to do the thing, to move the thing forward. And for me this and i think this time is again this like reflected time what does it really mean to be in relationship with ourselves our communities and the divine around um, sacrifice around our own behaviors around liberation um, around these kind of renewals um, and can we hold these things in whatever moment we're in whether it's the like time of the holiday the time of the reflection or not um, particularly since like so much madness is going on, uh, so much, so um, much, <laughs> so much like confusion around what's real and what's not. And, you know, can we kind of come back to what it means to be a person and deal with some of these questions and deal with some of these relationships? And that's, um, that's my hope. And I think that that's really the thing that will hold us through and hold us through, holds me through these these difficult times, difficult times in the past um, and ones to come. Um, is that orientation around something that is also greater than my particular um, pain or suffering or confusion or angst or heartbreak or anger or whatever it is. Um, right? There are things that are I'm also part of and in relationship to that are larger than to my particulars. Um, hmm. so I'll, think, I'll take a, a breath there. <laughs> no, but that's a, but this is a, this is a good meditation uh, as we are in spring, right? More so for me than like New Year's, right? Than January, mm. but yeah, that, that because everything around you is starting to sort of renew, 
you know, renew and and yeah. and begin again. Right. So this is a good medic. This is a good meditation to. Uh, yeah. Walk yeah. and and we're in this very holy season, right? It's a very holy time for a great many uh, religious uh, spaces and places. Like this mm-hmm. is so. It's all so. It, I, I mean, I'm not lost. The 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 symmetry of all of that is not lost on yeah. on fo- folks of faith or folks of faith. Yeah, and I want to say that what do we want to renew right in this piece around faith and these larger questions are not separate from the day-to-day they're not distinct from how i show up for my beloveds how i show up at work how i show up on um, commuting how i show up between here and there Um, all of it can be infused and our notions of healing our notions of justice our our notions of wholeness right that this aspect of of spirit and renewal can move through all of that as well and you know imagine what what we create in our lives right as individuals and in families and communities what we create in our workplaces what we create and then in government right being infused by these notions of cycles of renewal right how do we recommit to not just my way and your bad which happens a lot right you're the other and my way is right and you're wrong so whatever i whatever i feel is justified to do to you even in the name of faith um you know i think i want to really want to question those things um which means a lot of undoing right and a lot of connecting to these deeper feelings of uncertainty or confusion or fear, um, but also the beauty and the love and the, con- the the yearning for connection that's also there, like the yearning for like place and community and home and safety. Um, can we can we show up in those spaces for ourselves, with ourselves and with our relationship to the divine and the sacred? And can we then let that show up in our relationships with other with other folks? And and even the earth itself, right? Like, how do we not um, crap all over things just because it doesn't seem like it's on our side? <laughs> I had to do a quick little shifting of what I wanted to say because we're all on the radio and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I, I like this meditation. Stretch our liberation. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I like I like that. Say more. Stretch our liberation. Yeah. Like is is I I would say it is a small lowercase L if liberation is just about like my blank, right? my people, my home, my body, my, like, that's a lowercase L. And can we stretch into this uppercase L that connects us to wholeness and like our personhood? It doesn't diminish or ignore the particulars of identity, the particulars of, of trauma, the particulars of systems of oppression, how they land on us, right? And how we interact with each other. And so can there be that wholeness 
which also says, oh, we're, we're actually human beings. Oh, and us being human beings means we're also in relationship to all the things that are not human beings as well. Um, and not in some like imaginative, like everything is just beautiful and you don't have to pay attention to the things and, you know, um, but with our eyes really open, right? And really feeling like, oh, you seem, you know, we gotta be saved. You seem so different. And like, what would liberation mean really if it was really for all of us, right? Um, mm. right? And those include things like housing, education, healthcare, right? all of that, right? How, because our health shouldn't be contingent on these other things, right? Oh, if you can, you know, afford it, then you get to live well. Like, really? That's that's what we're creating, right? Right. To live well, you got to look a certain way. You got to operate a certain way. You got to claim or not claim certain things. Huh? That's that's not even a lowercase l. That's that's like we're not even going to call that any part of that liberation, right? So what is it? What is that uppercase l um, really mean? Questioning, so as uh, like these notions of protection, right? As I was talking about before, oh, that's not, that's not liberation. I get to kill or hurt. Oh, well, what, what would, what would it mean to create systems and a culture where a person didn't feel the need that they had to go do that thing, so they could live, so they could be well. Hmm. Right. Wow. What would that mean? That's a big, that's a big, that's a, that's big, a big question. L. Yeah, that's, that's a big, big L. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That's a, we need a, we need a retreat for, to unpack this one. <laughs> so in this time of reflection, right, what does this mean? So like, if we're talking about like the divine and, and our relationship to the sacred and God and our notions of that, those, that's a big, right, these are big forces. And so can that big force is that big force on our team right or is that big force actually operating even bigger than we can imagine and if so can we allow ourselves to be open to that even as we have to navigate our day-to-day that's some that's some big thinking Talk about Tis a stretch. The Tis the season. <laughs> that's a now that's a stretch. Okay. Well, let like us get stretched, right? Can we uh, can we trust and allow ourselves to be stretched in our relationship with the sacred? Mm. That's a mighty word. Yeah. I I like it though. I I think it's a it's a natural uh, it's a natural state of contemplation that makes sense, particularly in this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and I like the application of you know your everyday your everyday practical life like it's your everyday practical life outside of this season of holiness and sacredness. Right. Your everyday practical life goes on, right? Like, you we'll move into summer, right? Like, there are no holy days in summer. So, <laughs> except summer is the holy, the holy time, right? It's just summer, um, right? Right. I kind of like that. 
Yeah. Ooh. Is this like homework? Like, is this? <laughs> yes. You pose the question. You're like, well, ca can you? <laughs> so I say, yes, you can. Okay. And the invitation is to find your way to do that. Mm. Like, and that's, that's the stretching into the relationship. Just like when you're in a, with a beloved person, right? Their invitations to stretch into that more, right? Oh, more connection, more tenderness, more in the places of not even knowing what love and connection mean, right? It's not something to figure out because it, it keeps unfolding. Right? The plants, they keep unfolding. <laughs> they do. With, right? with, with water and attention and... With the things that are life affirming. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, we don't have like, a whole lot of plants outside don't need us to go watering them. <laughs> <laughs> whole planet has a whole system we we are tending to actually get in the way of that right now right that's the problem right we're like i know better and turns out oh maybe we don't always know better yeah so can we be open to that stretching of like what that might even mean can we listen into that space yeah. Oh, I've been in this relationship and I'm causing, and it's, oh, it's awful. And like, oh, we're going at each other. Oh, all right. So how can I be in it differently? Can I not give a look and communicate something differently so that things get done and it's not about me wielding and, um, asserting fear and a threat of violence. Yeah. That's pretty powerful, actually. Now I wish I could go back and unparent some stuff. <laughs> well, the good thing is you're still a parent, so you get to, well, yeah. <laughs> you still get to pivot. <laughs> yes, I think I have already pivoted because I know I don't control the damn thing they do, so. So I'm just a consultant and no longer the manager. So <laughs> do they know that? I mean, so all right, I'm not gonna get too much. So like as we shift, like there was power in not just me not giving a look, but communicating to my youngest. You can win your needs differently. Mm. And I'm doing something I don't want to do. So this I want to undo it. I don't just want to not perpetuate it, I want to undo it. So yeah. there's that invitation too. We can always un be, in, engage in a process of undoing those things again towards that big l yeah 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 always a pleasure me too guys thank you this was just what we needed so how how did you celebrate your how are you celebrating your birthday? Fifty five is <laughs> fifty five is pretty uh it's, pretty amazing. It's, it's great. I, I remember uh, fifty five. <laughs> last year it was your two years. No, I actually, uh, almost five years ago. <laughs> oh, uh, just trying to slow down. Really, deepen. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's about deepening my life and my practices um 
I mean, there are kind of things to do that I want to do, but like fundamentally it's like, can I, what I'm saying is, can I be present differently with this big L in the things that I'm doing? Can I like breathe fully in all the things that I'm doing? Can I feel what's happening in the things that I'm doing? Mm. So that's, and can I be connected to like people and places and sacred and mundane and in that same way? Okay. Well, when I see you next, I owe you a big, big hug. I will, birthday. Gladly, I will gladly take it all. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you for your words of wisdom and your leadership and your guidance. Thank you very much. You make my life better. Oh, thank you, Babs. All right. So good to be in this time and place with you. Thank you very much. And I will see you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Take good care. All right, Harry Droz, we are out. And this is not a, a AI situation. We are really, really, I am really, really here. So, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Dwayne Reginald, uh, Dwayne Betts and uh, Titus Kafar to talk about uh, this little beauty redaction. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs>